Kirill Kaprizov got things started in the first period, but the St. Louis Blues outlast the Wild in Game 5, and they now lead three games to two. We recap all the action as our Locked on Wild postcast starts right now. You're Locked on Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to another Locked on Wild postcast as the Minnesota Wild fall by a score of 5-2 to two in Game 5 of their series against the St. Louis Blues. They now trail in the series three games to two. Seth Topol joined by Kevin Gorg and our Locked on Wild postcasts brought to you tonight by our partners at BetOnline.net. They continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. You can find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including the NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball, fights, and the Stanley Cup playoffs as well. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. So head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. You can find it all at BetOnline, where the game starts. Minnesota Wild lose 5-2, to two, and uh, we bring in Kevin Gorg. Kevin, we got to see uh, a glimpse of what Kirill Kaprizov can bring to a team in a uh, pivotal game in the postseason as he scored a couple of power play goals early. Just felt like the team could not get that uh, that second, kind of that Robin to his Batman to uh, to step up here tonight and uh, and help Kirill in the scoring department. Yeah, one man can't do it all. And, you know, Kirill Kaprizov is a superstar. He is uh, an amazing player to watch. And every time he takes the ice, I am mesmerized by not just the goals, but the effort he puts forth, the physical play, how strong he is on the puck. Uh, But Dean Evison was pretty blunt. And aside of Dean, I haven't seen a lot of this year, basically saying if we had 20 Kirill Kaprizovs, we'd never lose. We need more from other guys. It can't just be about him. And so uh, I thought a pretty frontal uh, comment from the head coach who still believes his team is is ready to go down and win a game on Thursday in St. Louis actually commented about uh, how much he liked uh, the body language and the communication from his team directly after this emotional loss. But uh, not good enough tonight. I mean, the better team won the hockey game. That cannot be argued. You look at it, and coming into this game, obviously the power play, a spot that the Wild have struggled in, both in scoring on the power play themselves and uh, defending the Blues power play. But they, they talked about it in the broadcast. It seemed like the Wild just kind of tried to simplify things a little bit, and obviously having Kirill helped, but you know, two power play goals, and it, it seemed like things were, uh, were flowing much better, uh, at least early on the power play. Yeah, I thought the power play was uh, was much better tonight. Not just the goals, but the way they were able to attack and get some good zone time. And you get two power play goals in the first period, knowing that the Wild have been such a good five-on-five team. You'd expect more from, from the rest offensively the rest of the night. And I thought they left some money on the table in the second period. I, I thought they had momentum. They had the crowd jacked up and into the game. 
They came out in the second period. I thought they were a little passive. I, I didn't see them generate the forecheck in the second period that I thought they did the second half of period one where they were all over the Blues, using their speed, getting to the cycle. It just didn't really materialize. And then you get that great tip in at the end of the period, and that was a crushing goal looking back now because that gave the Blues all the momentum into the locker room after period two, and they came out in the third period when it's time to win a hockey game and give them credit. The Blues did just that. Uh, the Blues all series have been dealing with injuries to their decor and getting a couple of guys, especially Nick Letty, back uh, here for Game 5. Felt like that uh, that certainly gave them a lift, but it feels like this Blues team just has done such a good job of adapting, and obviously with as experienced as they are in, in postseason play, uh, it, it feels like that's been a huge equalizer for the Blues is just that they, they seem to have an answer for uh, whatever way the Wild try to uh, try to beat them, yeah, they do. They, you know, they, they've uh, they found a good way of of matching up with uh, with the Eck line that uh, last two games hasn't been um, up to snuff. I loved Felino's physical play. I thought Jordan Greenway had some gu- good jump, and Eck is always going to give you a hundred percent every night, every shift. But the Blues have been able to put the puck. Uh, in the you know in the net against that line now multiple times in the last couple of games, and then I think they've done a really good job of weathering the Wild's forecheck storm. And what I mean by that is they've been very efficient down low. I think their centers have been great. I look at Pareko and Falk as just being beasts in this series. They've been phenomenal. They were awesome in Game Four. They were awesome again tonight. Uh, Colton Pareko is a game-breaking defenseman. He's six six. He's got the big reach. He can move the puck. He can skate. And they've made life difficult. Minnesota's not used to this. They're used to letting their forecheck and their offensive speed take over hockey games, especially on home ice when they can dictate the matchup. But tonight, as the game went on, that was not the case. Let's uh, let's transition a little bit to game six. Obviously, the big talker is going to be what the Wild do in the net. You know, Marc-Andre <laughs> Fleury. A couple of games in a row, and and not all of the goals certainly on him, but certainly a couple that he would like to have back. Is this the time in the series where it makes the most sense for Dean Evason to make the change, or at this point, do you just continue to uh, continue to hope that Mark Andre Fleury can uh, can fight through it? Well, I knew the question would be asked in the post game presser, and I was sitting next to Michael Russo from the athletic and the question was asked and I will tell you if I'm reading the answer and and trying to sift through the tea leaves here, I wouldn't bank on any change happening. Uh, when, when Russo asked Dean Everson, the question, Everson stood up for his goal and said, listen, you know, we didn't do enough in front of him and none of these goals were his fault. So I, but I he said, they're going to reevaluate it. Um, I wouldn't be shocked either way, but if I was trying to sift through what Dean was saying tonight, uh, don't bank on it. I know Wild fans right now are are clamoring for that to, to be the case, and that's nothing against Flurry. I, I just think sometimes you need to change a pace in a series. So I understand uh, where the fans are coming from. This is a very knowledgeable fan base uh, here in Minnesota. They all play the game. They all coach the game. They all watch the game. Uh, but I think it's a tough call. I do. It's a pressure-packed situation. Flurry's been there and done that in elimination games. But I, I'll tell you what, so is Cam Talbot, and he did it as recent as last year, I think, uh, Wild fans remember Minnesota left St. Paul down 3-1 in that series, having to go to Vegas and win a hockey game. And Cam Talbot and the Wild did just that last year. Uh, one of the other areas that I think 
has been one that the Blues have taken advantage of is just the lack of scoring from the Fiala, Boldy, and Goudreau line. And it looked early, at least with how Kevin Fiala was playing, you know, he gets a couple of assists on the Kaprizov goals, and you're hoping, you know, maybe this will be the opportunity that one finally kind of breaks through. Just, just how much of a, how much of an impact has that been that that line has not been able to find the net as much as they did down the stretch during the season? It's so nice to have uh, two lines with stars on them producing because then it, it makes the opposition, you know, at one point or the other, decide which which one's going to get their top pair, and the fact that that line hasn't produced here recently now will allow the blues the last change and those stud defensemen I've been talking about led by Colton Pareko are going to be out there against uh, Kaprizov. And so uh, you, at some point, if the wild are going to come back and win this series, it's going to have to be more than 97. He's been brilliant. He's leading the league in playoff scoring right now. The guy's been unbelievable, but at some point, and this isn't just Kevin Fiala, this is Matt Boldy. This is the, the grief line. This is somebody on that fourth line. This is a team in the Minnesota Wild because they've been so good all season long, scoring five on five. It hasn't just been one guy. And so if they're going to come back and stave off elimination, if they're going to come back and win a game Saturday here in St. Paul against a really, really good Blues team, it's going to have to be a lot more than your superstar player putting them on his back and just carrying the team. It's that's not going to happen. And tonight's game proved that out. Uh, and the final one that I'll ask you here, just to wrap up, you know, there has been some talk about maybe some other changes in the lineup. You got guys like Connor Dewar who have been good at giving a spark to this team when they've played, uh, when he's played at points during the season. Would that maybe be a route that we see from Dean Evison just to try to jog the lineup a little bit as opposed to maybe making the goalie change? I think Nick Bukestad's another guy to keep an eye on, too. I, I agree with Dewar. I think he's been terrific and uh, in all aspects of his game, shown that he could be a fixture here for years to come down the road. But Nick Bukestad got some good minutes here late in the year. I think back, back to a game in Nashville where he scored a power play goal. Uh, he scored some big goals. He was playing some good hockey. And, you know, at some point, I think, you know, when you have a player of the skill set of Tyson Jost, you might want to give him more than just a ham and egg on one of his wings. And, you know, Duhame works hard. He's physical. He's a, he's a fun guy to watch out there. And he's an emotional guy on the bench. He supports his teammates, but I would have no problem with Nick Bukestad going out there. And along with the that could give Tyson Joe some options to help find a way to score some goals because the blues are going to be paying an awful lot of attention to the top two lines. And that fourth line is going to get some unbelievable matchups. And I think Nick Bukestad's a guy that could make uh you know, one of those, you know, again, you look for heroes in these elimination games, guys that, you know, are maybe a little bit under the radar. If, if I'm Dean Emerson and that coaching staff, I'm giving 27 a long look. It'll be win or go home for the Minnesota Wild in game six against the Blues. And so we uh, we hope to be able to continue the season uh, with the Wilds putting forth uh, a more complete effort on the road against St. Louis in game six. Kevin, thank you for the time. Thank you, fans, for tuning into our Locked on Wild postcast. Make sure you follow along with Locked on Wild for all of your Minnesota Wild content throughout the week. We'll have more recap on Game 5 and a look ahead to Game 6, so keep it tuned to wherever you listen to Locked on Wild for your podcasts with new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked on Podcast Network.